and honor you to declare that, to sing it out, to reinforce it with our whole heart. I pray that God, as we come to your word today, that now uh, our hearts might be open to receive that. We'd hold nothing back or have places or spaces in our hearts that we want to kind of keep to ourselves, but rather, Lord, we'd let you just speak to our whole hearts, our whole lives today. So come, come Holy Spirit, move amongst us as we come to the word. May it change each of us a little bit more into the person you dream us to be in Jesus' name. And everybody agreed, said, amen. amen, amen. Why don't you give God a clap before you sit? Let's give him a clap. How good is that? You can grab a seat, grab a seat. Well, welcome. Good morning. And I want to say a big good morning to everybody down in Mullaloo. Can we give everybody in Mullaloo a big clap? Give them a big welcome. It's so good to be able to be together like this and, uh, and just great. We are starting a new series today called First Things First. But first, I don't know, it just felt right. Uh, I wanted to just take one moment just to say uh, a big thank you to our whole church all the way across. If you're watching online, Molu right here. And just thank you. Uh, over the last week, last week we announced, obviously, we're having uh, a baby, Lisa and I, coming up later in the year. And I just wanted to say a, a huge thanks to everyone for it. We had so many messages of just love and support and care. So many people as well said, you know, we've been praying for you in this. i got to be honest, we quit praying for that a long time ago. But uh, I love the community of faith and, and being a part of a church, I think is such a special thing. And so I just wanted to say just a huge, Lisa and I both, uh, a big just thanks to, to everyone for all of the just love and care and support. Now, the two questions we've been asked more than any other have been, uh, is, Lisa, is Levi, how's he feeling about it? Is he excited? And uh, do you know if you're having... Uh, a girl or a boy. And we were like, we want, with Levi, we're like, we want a surprise. We don't want to know if we're having a girl or a boy. This time we're like, we had enough surprises. We want to know everything we can know. <laughs> like, if there's anything we can be told, please tell us now so we can get ready. And uh, so the answer to the question is, Levi is very excited. He has been super excited to welcome uh, very soon, late July, a little baby brother. So it's a boy. So if you have a boy... You were right. We, we were pretty confident it was a girl, but we found out it's a baby boy and, and just excited about that. And so thank you again. Though really did just want to say uh, just thank you to everybody for all the love and support. I think being a part of a church is one of the most uh, beautiful things uh, you can be part of. So thank you. Now today, we are starting a series called First Things First. And over the next four weeks, uh, we talked about it last week. This is 2021. This is the first year in a brand new decade. And how you start something, it, it often has such an influence on how that thing goes. And so as we start 2021, uh, we're going to think over this next week about this whole idea of how do we put first things first, get what's most important into our lives first uh, so that we move in the direction that we want to go. Uh, yesterday morning, I was making uh, pancakes. It's Saturday morning. thought I'm going to make some pancakes for the family. Uh, my pancakes are pretty good if you ever get a chance. Uh, I recommend them. However, I had one problem. You know, there's that saying, but first coffee. Yeah, I didn't do that. I started, um, I started making the pancakes and I, I started doing like, you know, I was putting like bowls into the refrigerator. I was like supposed to double something and I quadrupled it. And I started thinking to myself, I should have had coffee before I started doing this. So I, then I did the first thing, which was make some coffee. And then things started going smoother from there. But it's funny how if you get things out of order, uh, things get a little jumbled up in our lives. Uh, and 
they, there's a book, a famous book. I don't know how many people have ever heard of the book First Things First by Stephen Covey. It's a bit, it's a bit older now, but a fantastic book that is all about uh, how do you put, thanks so much, how do you put uh, that which is most important in your life into place first? Stephen Covey gives a great picture. He talks about the difference between living your life by the clock or by a compass. Now, here's what it looks like to live your life by the clock. You're constantly thinking, what have I got to do? Uh, what's next? What's in my calendar? What's in my schedule? What's on my task list? And life just kind of keeps moving, and it's always dictated by kind of what's happening and what's next and what's urgent and what's always pressing. Um, that's what it looks like to live by the clock. I mean, how many people, you know, you have a chat with today, and you may say, hey, how's things going? And the response you often get, if you ask somebody, hey, how are you going? What's the most likely thing they'll say to you? Anybody shout it out. Hey, how's it going? Busy. Look at that. A giant portion. I hope in Malu, I bet you had the same. We are so used to living our lives in this way that's just like, man, one thing to the next, one thing to the next, one thing to the next. We live by the clock. Now, what's the other way we can live? What's the other way we could live? Shout it out if you're in Malu, if you're online. What's the other way we could live? By the compass. That was to both quiz you and give me time to have a drink of water. So, <laughs> see how smart that was? I've had coffee today. Anyway, <laughs> the other way to live your life, Covey would say, is by the compass. Now, what's it look like to live by your compass? The difference is, when you live by the compass, it's about how do you live in the direction of kind of what is most important in your heart? How do you live in the direction of your greatest values? Your greatest, you know, what your great vision for your life is. There is a way to live your life that's just dictated by the clock. And what do I got to do? And what's up next? And how do I get there? And life's just going. And it's pretty busy. Or there's a way to live that goes, you know what sets the direction of my life is inside I've decided deep within. This is what's important to me. This is what I value. And that is shaping how I live. And so his whole idea is that you have to actually figure out how do you put first things first because none of us want to arrive at the end of our life and think, yeah, I kept doing everything that was kind of pressing and urgent. We all want to arrive at, whether short or long, the finish line going, I live by that which, which was of first importance in my life. And when we get what's first in first, things tend to go well. But if you jumble up the order things don't tend to go as well. Does that make sense? So we're going to look today over this next series. Here's what I'm going to encourage you to do for the next four weeks, starting today and over this next four weeks, this time of first things first, what I hope and want for you if you're listening to this is to actually look in depth at your life and begin to think about how am I going to put first things first? How am I going to allow myself to be led and live uh, not just by what's being dictated to me or reacting or what's coming up next, but actually going, this is what is at the core of who I am and want to be. And I will suggest to you that I believe God's vision for your life, when you align the deepest part of yourself to God's vision for your life, oh, that's how you live the life you're created for. So we're going to look at how we put first things first. We're going to start today with uh, Jesus was once asked the question, what needs to go first? Uh, what is the most important? What is the greatest command of, of everything that's written in the scriptures? He was asked by some religious leaders of everything that's in here. What is kind of first? What do you need to do first? And Jesus 
responded famously with these words. So Matthew 22, we're going to pick it up, says, Hearing, Jesus has been teaching, and he's kind of, you know, he's getting pressed from different kind of religious teaching groups that are always kind of trying to trip him up a little bit. And so Jesus, hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, one group, the Pharisees, a different group, got together. And one of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? What is most important? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first. Let me hear you say first. First. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets, everything that's been written, it all hangs on these two commandments. You know, I want to suggest to you today that the vision by which God wants you to live your life is that he wants all of us to live by love. God if you want to try and boil it down and go, what needs to come first of all the things uh, that God wants for us to be about in our lives, Jesus says, look, the first and the greatest commandment is this. Orient your life by this. Let this be the true north on your compass. Do you love God with your whole heart? Do you love him with your whole being? This is our word for 2021. Wholeheartedly. Do you love God? Jesus literally says, with your whole heart. Or do you hold pieces back? Now, some of you may be here today and you don't normally come to church. Maybe you don't watch something like this. Maybe you don't, you know, tune into something, you know, and you're sort of like, what is all of this church stuff about? Or maybe somebody dragged you here and you've always wondered, like, what is the deal with it all? Like, what is the, like, what, what is it kind of pointing towards or for? This verse reminds you, if you've ever thought, I don't know, I'm not religious. I don't know. I don't know if I do this or do that or how do I live like this? Jesus says, look, this is what fundamentally it's all about. It's about do you love God with everything in you? The whole scriptures are God wanting to let us know that he first loved us, that he made us to know him. And therefore, we will find our greatest fulfillment and satisfaction in life when we begin to love God with all our heart, with all our mind, all our soul, all our strength, if we kind of set our direction by that, then we are moving in the right direction. And then Jesus says in the, in the second piece of this is that, and that love for God is always meant to play out in loving other people. That, that yes, the first, the most important is to love God with your whole heart. And then out of that, to love your neighbor as yourself. You know, I, I, my hope for each one of us is that we could more and more gravitate towards, more and more grab a hold of, more and more live our lives by a vision that is to live by love. Love for God. Love for other people. You want to know what it looks like to be a, a disciple, a follower of Jesus Christ? Jesus said in John 13, you know how people are going to know you're my follower? You know how they're going to know that, that you're walking after me? You'll be known, he says, by your love. That you love one another. Oh, there's so much complexity in our world. There is so much uh, 
things on our clock that want to dictate our time, our energy. There are so many things always competing for focus and attention. There is so much that is always going on. It is so easy to get lost in just swimming life, reacting from this to that and watching this and watching and never really find, like, where am I going? And Jesus slices through it all. He says, this is what it's about. It's about love. Love God with your whole heart. Love God with all your mind and your strength. And, and love others. And if you're captured by that vision for life, then you'll be moving in the direction of what you were actually created for. You know, the, uh, the, one of the things I love about Jesus simplifying it like this is it helps us to just make sense of, if you're, if you're again, if you're new to faith, you may go, well, it's just everything I see in the Bible, what do I make of that? Some of the stuff I read confuses me. Some of it feels a little hard to understand. You read maybe the, the Older Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures, and you find yourself going, that doesn't make sense to me, or what does that look like, or that just feels like it's written for a different era. Is this what it's always been about, or... And some of you, you may have been around faith for a long time and read these scriptures a lot. And there is still, if you're like me, a lot that you just don't quite understand. But Jesus says you can simplify all that if you will understand that everything hangs on these two hooks. Love God and love others. And when you come to stuff that's a little confusing or difficult, you have a framework by which to understand it. Say, is this helping me love? You know, one of the accounts of Jesus talking about this, uh, the guy asking questions kind of follows up and he says, so who's my neighbor? He says, so who's my neighbor? Because he kind of wants to work out, am I doing it right? You know, am I, am I obeying all the right laws? So Jesus tells him a little story. And he tells him the story, famously it's called the, story, the parable of the Good Samaritan. So he tells the story, he says there's this guy, he's, on his, uh, he's walking down the road. He's walking from uh, this city to that city, and on the way, he gets beat up by a bunch of robbers. They knock him out. They take all his stuff. They leave him for dead on the side of the road. Now, two guys come walking by. The first one's a, a priest, I think it is, and then secondly, a Levite. These are two very religious people. And it says in the story that they kind of walk on the other side of the road, and they don't go near him. And then a, a third comes along, a Samaritan, who was sort of like their, you know, sort of religious cultural enemy they, they just didn't like. And, and that good Samaritan shows this extravagant love to this person who's been left on the side of the road and looks after him and all her wounds and takes care of him and looks after him and is a bit of the hero in the story. Now, sometimes we can look and go, why? And, and Jesus says, well, that's, and obviously that's the one who loved their neighbor. And here's the thing that's fascinating as well about that story. It teaches a lot of things. But one of the things that's there to kind of show was the priest and the Levite. Who were they? They were the religious leaders and teachers. They held to all the kind of rules and the scriptures. They were always trying to follow them as best they could. And in fact, there were laws in, uh, in, the, in the Old Testament that Moses had given that to stay pure, you shouldn't touch a dead body. So in fact, the priest and the Levite in the story were kind of doing the right thing. They were staying clear because it looked like it might be a dead body and they didn't want to become impure. And so they, but Jesus is trying to, again, re-picture re for these people. No, no, no. You may have followed the letter of that law, but you missed the spirit of it. That those laws are, aren't there to, to just be followed. They are there to show us how to love. And so there is so much that often doesn't make sense to us, we wonder about, but we have to be reminded, Jesus said, look, all the law and the prophets hang on this. They're all like commentary on this. They're all trying to help us figure out how do you love God with your whole heart and love others as yourself. 
Because when we learn how to do that, we start to live the kind of life that Jesus says, that's what I want you to be known by. Somebody who loves, loves well. You know, the, uh, the, the interesting thing then is that the real challenge becomes, so what does it look like to love God with our whole heart? You know, is that just, well, if I go, you know, maybe to a church service on Sunday morning, am I loving God with all my heart? If I, you know, if I, if I do certain practices, if I'm reading the Bible enough or maybe praying enough, is that what this is? You know what I love about the way Jesus frames it is he helps us see loving God is always connected to just how we live our lives. That's why it goes from one, loving God, to two, loving others, because all of life is, is brought into that picture. That begins to affect how you work. That begins to affect how you parent. That begins to affect, uh, you know, all the way down to, you know, the, the things that you use and consume. And because everything that you do actually has an effect on other people. And we are called to live our lives and have families in such a way and work in such a way and, and play in such a way and make choices about what we buy or don't buy and all those things in such a way that we recognize everything we do we're meant to be loving our neighbor. And our neighbor starts with those close to us and expands out to people we will never even meet. We're just called to live a life of love. Do you know the Ten Commandments, if you go back to kind of the core of God's teaching in the Old Testament, the Ten Commandments, it, you know, they all boil down to this. The very first one, which is be no surprise, is to have, it's the famous verse, to have no other gods before me. It's God saying, Here's what I want for you, first of all. Don't have any other gods before me. Martin Luther has this uh, famous saying. He says, you know, our God is whatever our heart clings to. Some people are like, yeah, no other God. I'll make sure I don't have this or that. Do you know what's so easy is our heart to cling to other things. And the first whole, first four of the Ten Commandments all deal with uh, how we love God with all our heart. We won't make other idols, it says, uh, you know, following on. And, and back then, they would make idols, and they were real physical. In a lot of traditional cultures and different times throughout human history, there's these idols. And we might think, well, we're so advanced. We're in the 21st century. We'd never think that we could kind of fashion an idol or something. But it's so easy for us to have an image of life that our heart starts to cling to. How easily does work or financial success become an idol in our life? How, how easy is this picture of, you know, who we think we should be, the experiences we should have, what our family should look like, how easy all that stuff can become, this is what my heart clings to. But when you put first things first, you say, no, God, my heart clings to you. And all these other things, not necessarily bad things, but they need to find the right place in my life. My heart clings first of all to God. And then the second six commandments all deal with actually how you relate to other people. We think of these famous commands, you know, don't murder, commit adultery, steal, covet what your neighbor has. It's all about this, this idea of how do we love God and love others. This is what it's always been about. Now, I, I want us I to start here because if we do not understand that at the core of our faith is the calling to love God with all our heart, and we don't understand that then out of that, we are called to love others as ourselves. If we ever miss that, we miss it all. The, the, the priest and the Levite in the story of the Good Samaritan, they did all the right rules, but their life was not a life of love. And Jesus says they missed it. 
Now, and if we miss it, then we may have a whole bunch of stuff. We get right or do right or all those things. But fundamentally, we are called the first things first. Love God with all your heart. Love God with all your soul, your mind, your strength. And love other people. Now, this is simple, right? It's not difficult to understand. Jesus gets it all boiled down in like kind of two little verses. The challenge is how do we live this out, right? Most of you are probably like, Dean, we could have wrapped that up a little while ago. I got it. Love God. Love people. I hope you do. I hope I do. Because that's what it's about. But the challenge is how do we make this real? You know, at the, uh, at the beginning of this year, uh, I had this news that, yep, we're going to have a, a baby later in this year. And once I stopped hyperventilating, I, <laughs> I sat down and started to make some plans. And, um, and, and on January 1st, I started, and I mentioned a couple weeks ago, I started setting goals and different things. And, and, and here was, I, I started looking forward and going, okay, when this, when this baby comes, uh, I know how old I'm going to be. I know that. Um, I'm going to be 43. I know how old I was the last time we had a, a baby around. I was like 33. And I started thinking, I've got I've to figure out what I need to do between now, this moment, and then that moment when this baby comes into our lives. And so one of the things I did was I, I just imagined, you know, what, what do I want to look, what do I want to be, how do I want to, how do I want to be when that moment arrives? Because the time to start becoming the person I want to be, you know, eight months from now is, is now. And, and I just began to kind of look at, okay, here's the different goals and things I'd set. One of those areas was in fitness because one of the things I thought was, okay, I'm going to have to be, I know there's like, I don't remember a lot, you know, Babies are blur if, if you had one in the past or whatever. But I remember this. There was a lot of, like, sleeplessness. There was a lot of, like, just, you know, it's not for the faint of heart. So I felt like suddenly I have a marathon scheduled. There's, like, a marathon, and it's coming towards the end of this year. And so I had to, there was two things that I do. I had to first of all go, I want to see the future, and where do I want to be in it, and how do I want to be in it? But then I've got to also get to, now how am I going to move towards that? And, and so I set some goals, set some goals in, in my fitness, set some goals in the, you know, what I, what I wanted to achieve there. And, and by starting with a vision, it allowed me to start to set some things in place to go, this is what I know will take me there. Can I just tell you something? Jesus' vision for us is to be people who love God with everything in us, who love others as ourselves, who are known by love. And we have to figure out how we capture that vision, keep it in front of us, and then work out how do we live on a daily basis in such a way that we become those people. You know, over this next four weeks, one thing I encourage you to do, we have a, a little shorthand. Uh, I, I believe the process of spiritual formation or, or discipleship, as the scriptures call it, is all about how do we become people whose default nature is to love God with our whole heart and to love others. How do we become those people? And, and in order to do that, we have to be captured by the vision that Jesus presents, this vision of living by love. And then we also have to work out, now how do I start to live in such a way that I become that person from whom it comes naturally to love others? Naturally to love God with all my heart. Naturally to make sure my heart clings to him. 
And so our little framework that we often talk about at True North, you hear a couple years ago we did a big focus on this, is this idea of, of rhythm and flow. And the whole idea is that spiritual formation is about, first of all, having a vision for your life. And I believe Jesus' simple vision for our lives is that we love God and love others. And then in order to become people for whom that comes naturally, not a law we're trying to follow, not a, you know, just, oh, I got it. But we do have to put habits and practices into our lives that help us become the kind of person who loves God with everything in them. It becomes difficult to say you love God with all your heart when the habits in your life all point you in different directions. It becomes difficult for loving God to be meaningful if it is not borne out in some kind of lived experience. Do you know what I mean? And the whole idea of these habits, though, it's not that, okay, we create these kind of laws or rules or things we got to do so that, yep, now I know I tick the boxes, but rather that we build a rhythm for our lives, a certain way that we kind of live and move and, and go through life that allows us to get to that point of what we sometimes call flow, that this just becomes the natural way you live. None of us become perfect in this life. We know that. But the Bible envisions that we will grow in Christ-likeness. We will grow to be people who love God more and more and love others better and better. And what I want to encourage you over this next uh, few weeks is to actually spend some time digging into your vision for your life. And then, uh, and then we'll ask you but to eventually begin to think about what kind of habits and practices in your life support that vision for your life. And then, and those things together are what start to produce a different rhythm. They start to, by their very work in your lives, help you shape into becoming a different kind of person. And uh, the, the, but this week, here's what I want you to think about. I don't want you to do all these, but I do want you to think about this. I want to ask you, if you'd be willing to begin to ask yourself a couple of questions this week that will help you shape what does the vision of your life look like? And what will it look like for you to love God with your whole heart? And there's two questions you can ask. We talked a bit about one of our hopes this year is that we have a bit of a focus on mentoring as church. And what that really, at the core of good uh, mentoring, at the core of good growth is always good questions. If you ask good questions, you will move your life in a, a different direction than if you don't ask good questions. And here's the two questions I want to encourage you to ask this week. If you've got someone that you can meet with for a coffee, do the questions together. If, you've, uh, if you're just on your own, at least start somewhere and just get a journal and do this yourself. But the first question is this, and I just want you to think about vision this week, your vision for your life. And one of the best questions you can ask yourself is this. It comes from Stephen Covey's book. I love this picture. It is, I want you to imagine, just the way I was imagining this kind of future moment in my life, I want you to imagine your 80th birthday party. Sound good? I picked the soundtrack, the decorations. You know, some of you, you may have had an 80th birthday. If you did, pick another birthday in the future <laughs> that you get excited about envisioning. The whole point is this. Picture that. Now I want you to picture who do you want to be there. Just assume your friends, your family are all going to be there, your coworkers, your neighbor, whoever you want to be there. I want you to imagine that party. I want you to imagine they're going to come up one by one and just say a few words about you. What do you hope they'll say? What do you hope they'll say? What do you hope will be the things they highlight about you, think about you, reflect on about you? What do you hope is going to be said at that party? What do you hope will be the atmosphere of it? Who will want to be there? And I will suggest to you that, you know, probably nobody's going to be like, man, I hope my boss is there and is like, I'm so glad you spent all those extra hours after work. 
way to go. You know, like, you just, you won't. Because by nature, we know this. We know we were made for love. We know that we want our lives. I guarantee you what you'll find as you think through those things you want people to say, you know, they will all come down to love. Everything you'll want to happen at that birthday party will come down to, did you live a life of love? But that's got to be brought into some tangible ways. So think about what is it going to look like for you? What do you want to be said? So have a conversation. Have an 80th birthday party conversation this week. Set up an event on Facebook. No, just kidding. Don't you, you know, probably tear it down anyway. But the point is, just kidding. Sorry. Look, I don't know. It's just a joke. It was a joke, you know. I'm not trying to, like, throw in, you know. Whatever. But here's the thing I, I just want you to do. I, I want you to really imagine that. Because here's what happens. If we don't live our life by some kind of vision to live a life of love, this week will just be lived by what's on the schedule, what's on the clock. And, and life goes by and time goes by. But you want, to, you want to arrive and go, I lived a life of love. I guarantee it. It's the deepest cry of the human heart. And that's your first question to have. Just brainstorm your 80th birthday. What do you want said? Seriously, don't spend time on the decor. Just focus. What do you want said? Who do you want to be there? What do you want to say about you? Here's the second question. Second question is this. If you start to now, maybe you're going to boil that back, or maybe you start to talk about what does this mean this week? What does this mean this month? What does this mean uh, a little bit closer? You could pick a different arena of your life. I went one of the arenas of my life when on, in January I went, okay, I'm thinking about my fitness because it relates to love. How well I can love a new baby will come down to how well am I taking care of myself. Not because I'm trying to get into a calendar, though I'm taking offers and bookings. But if... Just kidding. Also, joke, joke. But my goal is not, you know, my goal literally it's, it's, I'm going, I'm asking this question. This is the second question. What does love require of me? This is a question Andy Stanley famously coined. It's a great question to ask yourself. You're trying to figure out which way is north, which way do I want to move here, what do I need to do here? Ask yourself this question. What does love require of me? I'm looking at my fitness and a child coming and I have to say, what does love require? It requires I am at my best so that I can give my best, not because of some gain, for, but literally I want to be able to give my very best to this child. And that means I got to make some changes now. So the question, what does love require of me? You can look at every area of your life, your health, your finances, your fitness, your, your family relationships, your, your choices about work. What does love require of me? How will I love to? And if you're always asking that question, you will always stay pointed towards this vision that Jesus has for your life to live by love. Loving God and loving others. You know, if you will do that this week, I, you know, one of the great things over this four weeks, I'd love to just start this week thinking about your vision for your life. Don't look out just a week. Don't look out just a month. Start look way out and just think, where do I want to land? What do I want at that birthday party said? And then start to back it, come backwards a little bit in your vision and just think, you know, what does love require of me? We're going to be going through this for four weeks. We'll have plenty of time to work through all those things, our vision, our habits, what we put in place, why, how, all, we'll have plenty of time for that. But this week, would you, would you really begin to start asking yourself, maybe read those verses, maybe every day begin to pray, 
God, would you show me how to love you with my whole heart, mind, and soul today? Would you show me how to love others around me? And just start to let that guide you. Um, I'm going to pray for you, and I want to encourage you to start this week. You know, uh, one of the things you can do today if you want to as well, if you want to meet with some other people talking about this, uh, there's a, a book that we put out a couple years ago, Rhythm and Flow. It talks about these things, visions, habit, rhythm, flow. It's really short. It's easy to read. If you're saying to yourself, I want to really step into thinking about spiritual formation this year, it's great. I encourage you, go grab it. They're at the, at the Connect Lounge after. But what I want most of all for us is to be people who don't go through life just reacting but people captured by Jesus' vision to love God with their whole heart. Would you stand up where you are? If you're a Molu, stand on up. If you're watching online, you can stand wherever you are. And I want to pray for you. But I also want you to know this isn't just about what happens in a moment. If loving God ever stays restricted to a couple hours on a Sunday, it will be very difficult to move in the direction he wants for you. So I want to encourage you right now, maybe begin to think about who am I going to say, hey, Hey, for the next four weeks, could we have coffee once a week? For the next four weeks, could we just catch up on FaceTime once a week? For the next four weeks, could, you, could we just talk about these questions together? Is there somebody in your life you could do that with? Have the 80th birthday conversation. Have the what does love require of me conversation. Because my dream is that, oh, when people think of True North Church, they say, oh, man, those people, I know them because of their love. They, they, I know one thing, they live by love. They love God. And then some people may think that's crazy. I don't get how they could do that. But boy, I know they love God. And even if I don't understand that, I, I can't argue with the fact that, geez, they love other people. Imagine a whole community of people. Jesus says, that's my, that's my dream. It's what I want you to be known by. Known by love. Let me pray for you today. Heavenly Father, my prayer today is that you might fill each person who is listening to the sound of my voice right now with not any of the words I've said today, but only those words that come from you and that are helpful and beneficial to them. And I pray that, God, you would grant them a greater vision of what it looks like to love you and to love others. God, I pray this week as people have those conversations, your Holy Spirit would be at work in those conversations. I pray you'd be giving vision and dreams and pictures that all align around loving you with a whole heart and loving others as ourselves. God, would you make us into a people known by love. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. 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 We are going to sing this great song that's about...